On this episode of Unmet Need, I talk about the importance of passion for physician entrepreneurs. Starting a company is a long journey, lots of ups and downs, and as cliche as that may sound, it is the case. In order to really be successful, but more importantly, to enjoy the journey, the motivation required is really a passion for solving the problem. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome to the next episode of Unmet Need. I'm your host, Jeff Smith. And the point of the episode today is passion. Now, sometimes passion, it's like one of those words that gets used too often. But when I think of passion, or at least what I'm describing when I see and discuss the importance of passion in the physician entrepreneur's journey, is this almost bottomless reservoir of motivation to keep pushing forward. So much has been said about the entrepreneur's journey and all the ups and downs. In some ways, it's to the point where it doesn't hold as much meaning. But I'm here to say that being a startup entrepreneur, being a physician entrepreneur, has nothing to do with hustle culture, burnout syndrome, or even an imbalance of your life. What I mean when I talk about passion is that the problem, and I say the problem almost like the way you would describe solving a mathematics problem. The problem of addressing a large unmet need in the market, whether it be for patients, other healthcare providers, or the healthcare ecosystem at large, the idea, this riddle of trying to figure out how to solve this problem you can't stop thinking about, that is really what I'm talking about. Now, everybody's motivation is a little bit different. Some people, it is like solving a math problem or a Rubik's Cube or a crossword puzzle where you just have to make everything add up and work. And I get that. I relate to that on many levels. But the issue though, is if the problem really isn't something that you think about all the time, and it's not something that when you're trying to relax, an idea pops into your head and you continue to think about why this is such a big issue for the healthcare system. And while the pain point is just so great, it's possible that this isn't the right idea. And I'm a firm believer that Entrepreneurs can be made much the same way that leaders can be made and trained and coached. The people that seem to have a natural entrepreneur angle are the ones that can't stop thinking about a problem. And the big difference between the thinkers and the doers are the ones who have the motivation and, frankly, the risk-taking threshold where they're willing to say, all right, enough thinking about this problem. I'm going to actually have to do something. I'm going to take an affirmative step in the direction of trying to solve this problem. So I want to talk specifically about physician entrepreneurs that I've met with. So I'll give you an example. Profile number one. Physician says, I notice in the marketplace, there's this trend. A lot of other surgeons are using this type of product. I have an idea that I think could be a part of this movement. I notice company A and company B are both making products in this category. It looks like a hot market, so I'm going to make a product in this category. Okay, that's scenario one. Very reasonable. And there's a decent chance that this fast or slow follower approach to market expansion is, you know, it could be very successful. There's a problem for me, which doesn't mean it has to be a problem for anyone else. But for me, what that says is there's an opportunist angle where I see what's happening in the marketplace, and now I'm going to pursue a solution. Now, the reason 
that's not for me, not the right profile is, and when I say not the right profile, it's not the profile that I would personally back as an investor. And as someone that really cares about the physician entrepreneur, I would most likely, if asked, counsel against that. And the reason is this, new ideas, when a market starts to develop because a particular product category starts to you know, take hold, it was likely five to 10 years in the making. And so company that is third, fourth, or fifth to market, there is an opportunity to build a business, unlikely that you're going to win that market. And so in med tech, it's not the same as software necessarily or consumer enterprise where it's a winner take all mentality. It may be the mentality in med tech, but because of the commercial model and the importance of relationships and, and local support, it's rare that one company gets to 90% market share the way Google has greater than 90%. So, but the reason I think that this profile is problematic is because when the physician entrepreneur who is eager to pursue this fast follower model, it's usually too late. And by the time the surgeon can build a product, get regulatory clearance, maybe raise a little bit of financing, the market has been won by one or two people. And maybe the third competitor beat you to the punch. So the profile that I think is really compelling is profile number two. And it usually, and I've had so many conversations with physician entrepreneurs, but it usually goes something like this. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but there's this problem that we encounter every day. And the problem from the provider level is all patients fit this particular profile and the treatment options are limited to A, B, and C. Now, A, B, and C are good options. However, for a particular patient, they're really dreadful and there needs to be something better. And so with this profile, I believe that there needs to be a product that's going to solve the following specific challenges this particular patient profile faces. One, two, three. So with that in mind, we see this as a very large market, high degree of unmet need. And so what we're looking to do at this new co or this, this concept for a new company is we want to build a solution based on enabling technologies or another way of saying it is a transformative underlying technology that is really, you know, it's growing at an exponential pace. For instance, you know, the classic rule is Moore's law. If you're building a, a technology that is going to improve over time as computer processors double in speed and have in price, that's an example, an underlying technology, you know, it's going to happen. The capital investment is independent of whatever your company's doing. Another example would be machine learning, which is, again, kind of a derivative bet on top of, can we write great code to sit on top of ever improving computer speeds. And so like, that's just an example where specific patient type, and I think the patient profile is so important because what I see often, and it's common, and I've done this multiple times, is instead you look at a market, a, a typical type of surgery, a knee replacement, a shoulder repair, you know, a spinal implant fusion for a certain problem. You look at the market and say, the market is X hundred million dollars. And so I want to go take a piece of that. Whereas in scenario two, you're saying there's a big market, except there's a particular type of patient in that big market that is underserved. And so 
you start with a specific patient in mind, which is, is really critical because when the go-to-market motion starts, the most important thing to do for the potential user is to uncover who is this patient? What does he or she look like? What are their unique challenges? How do they typically respond to current options? Why are they so underserved? And so that pattern is really important. And then where it gets so exciting and what we are looking to do is address this by a tech-enabled solution. And that is what you're doing is you're riding the wave that you know hundreds of millions, sometimes billions of dollars of capital have already been invested into this tech wave. And then you get to apply your solution, which ends up being this application layer. So great example of that would be in med tech, robotic surgery, digital surgery, so much work has been done going back 20 years to have intraoperative CAT scans and surgical planning, and then to have you know, robotic machinery that connects to the digital surgery platform. If you're building a useful application to sit on top of that, you don't you get to benefit from all the work that came before you. The other thing that you have that has a lot of implications downstream, particularly for uh, an exit or strategic partnerships, is the companies that are billions of dollars invested into the enabling technology, often because they're doing the market development. They're, They're planting all the seeds. They're spending a lot of capital to get these things installed. They actually need useful applications to sit on top of it. And in a, in a competitive space like robotics and digital surgery, the biggest companies in our space have already made these bets and they're competing. They're leasing these units and selling them sometimes at a loss so that they can maintain a certain percentage of implant utilization. That strategy is, makes total sense in the early innings, but as this enabling tech wave you know, hits a critical mass where many hospitals and many surgeons have access to it, where the rubber beats the road is, will people use the robot because there's a killer application, bad use of words. There's a life-saving application. There's a life-changing application that is enabled by digital surgery. And so we certainly see this in the spine surgery space. There's not many surgeons that when I talk to say they really struggle placing pedicle screws. You know, pedicle screws are something that surgeons have been placing for 30 years and, and so most surgeons that come out of a residency, even if they don't do a spine fellowship, have experience placing pedicle screws, and they certainly require a tremendous amount of skill and expertise. It's just not a major problem or pain point that we hear. However, that is the primary use case for robotic surgery and spine. Now, that is just the beginning. Once more complex surgical planning can take place, additional surgeries will happen. My strong belief, though, is that the application layer of digital surgery is what will be built next. And the combination that will provide the most value for patients and really the whole ecosystem is a procedural solution. Just by virtue of the procedure and and the unique advantages of that surgery, a procedural solution that is supremely enabled or especially enabled by digital surgery, that's where this marriage is going to create a lot of value. So anyway, those are two scenarios. I'll leave it at that. But the third point I want to make is, or not so much the third point, but the the final closing point is passion 
is a word that gets thrown around a lot. When I say passion, what I'm referring to is an almost insatiable need to solve a problem. And I got to admit, most of the problems that I'm aware of are intriguing. Maybe sometimes they're not, I'm not that interested, but there are certain problems that I think about all the time. And that's usually for me a litmus test that I've got to do something because my mind won't rest until I start working on solving this problem. So hopefully this is interesting or at least helpful. I can't say this enough. The startup journey, consider it a 10-year process. If it happens for you before then, that's great. If it takes 15 years, very common. But in order for you to keep going, passion is important. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. On these quick office hours episodes, I talk about specific topics. They're designed to be bite-sized. You can listen to them quickly. And hopefully on LinkedIn, we can get a conversation going, a little bit of a dialogue. We can pull in other physician entrepreneurs. As always, you can go to my website, jeffsmith.co. That's Jeff, S-M-I-T-H dot C-O. Thanks for listening. All right, folks, that's all for today. But thanks for listening to another episode of Unmet Need. Hope you found something on the show today to be useful. And as always, please reach out to me. My website's jeffsmith.co. That's J-E-F-F-S-M-I-T-H dot C-O. You can also look for me on LinkedIn or all social media platforms. The point of this podcast is all about the physician entrepreneur. I'm looking forward to meeting you. I want to help you on what you're doing. So don't be shy. Drop me a comment on social media or just send me an email at jeff at jeffsmith.co. And as always, stay tuned for the next episode of Unmet Needs.